0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: And the phones seem to be ringing white hot already. It's a sort of between Christmas and New Year's show, so there's a lot of medical questions for Dr. Debbie and for dog father Joey Volani. And uh, if you want to give us a call, you can ask questions about your pets from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Uh, Download it now. It's a free download. If you were lucky enough to get a pup for Christmas or Hanukkah, Dr. Marty Becker will be joining us today. Things to do if you're a pet. What, What does it say up there? I can't read your handwriting today.
2: Things to do if you got a pet for Christmas.
1: Things to do if you got a pet for Christmas. So if you got one of those little cute things.
2: Some little tips and hints and stuff on having the perfect pooch or any pet.
1: Becker is back today for you. Joey Volani, what are you working on today?
3: Well, I want to answer that. Things that you should do with when you get your pet for Christmas, bring your credit card to come see me, and I'll give you a good haircut, okay? Um, well, how much do you charge,
1: to- by the way? You're like one of the more expensive ones, aren't you?
3: I'm not cheap. No, I didn't think not so. Cheap, um but but you know what? You're going to get the best damn haircut that you've ever that you've ever seen. So. Oh. And your dog is going to get the best treatment. Your dog is going to love me, so.
2: Well, give me a Paul Parks figure for, because I that's... I don't groom my dog, so I have no idea.
3: Well, are you talking about Ladybug uh, if if Ladybug if Ladybug came came in, it's Probably about forty dollars. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, but what if they had real hair? <laughs> if they had real hair, I, I don't. I nothing under seventy five. Yeah. Seventy five and up. still reasonable.
1: See, we don't even get the discount here. The Animal <laughs> Radio discount.
3: <laughs>
1: so what's on the show? Where, well, what do you got coming up?
3: Um, we're going to talk about how often, if you that you, that you can bathe your dog, especially a dog that has seborrhea, which is a skin condition, because a lot of dogs do. So mm. I think it's a good topic.
1: Well, that is so controversial. You know, people will say, you don't bathe too often because you, you take out their oils. And some yeah. people say you can bathe every day. And <laughs> That's all wives' tales now. Okay, we're going to yes, find out the deal yes. coming up right here on Animal Radio. Lori Brooks in the newsroom, what are you working on?
4: Well, the least likely person says, I'm an enlightened advocate for animals. Huh. You won't believe it.
1: Hmm. 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 That's hmm. on the way right here. Let's uh, go to the phones while we ponder this here.
5: Well, hey, Kevin. How are you doing? Fine. I'm, I'm doing good.
1: Where are you calling from today?
5: Uh, New Ringgold, Pennsylvania. That's in Schuylkill County.
1: Is that, that's on the eastern side of Pennsylvania, right?
5: Yes, it is. Oh, well, good. Well, thank
1: you so much for listening today. I have the whole team here for you. What's going on?
5: Okay, I have a, a Belgian shepherd. His name is Ziggy. I like the name. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> thank you. He has a, a, a beef allergies, okay? So uh, vet told me to put him on lamb and rice because it was affecting his ears that's taken care of but my parents passed away I'm up at my father's house and he has forced air you know like uh, through the ducts and his skin is really dry and he's for the past almost a week he's been he's been itching everywhere he goes I just wouldn't know what I can give him if there's anything over the counter I can give him to moisten up his skin because when I brush him you can see all the skin coming off you know
6: yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that can cause a dog to have itchy, dry, flaky skin. So, you know, being of the medical persuasion, my first thing is always to make sure there's not something medically we're missing. Um, so seeing your veterinarian be the first thing. Um, there are some hormonal problems. You've already mentioned some allergies, uh, food-based allergies. So there's no reason he can't also have um, seasonal um allergens um, as well. And one interesting thing you did mention, and it kind of perked my ears up, is when you just turned on the heat in a, in a home, some dogs we actually do find can have a flare-up of their allergies. And a lot of people are like, wait a minute, you now allergies happen in the spring and the fall. Why would it be in winter months? And some of that can relate to when we turn on our heat, we're actually kind of restirring up all of those pollens that have settled into our air systems and especially different funguses. So during the, the moist or the cooler months when we're running our air conditioning, we can actually have a, a growth of, of fungal organisms. They will dry out and die off when it gets, um, you know, drier in the year. Um, but then if we're using our air or our heat, that actually can redistribute those allergies. So that can actually be kind of a, a new wave of allergy that we can see in the winter months for some patients. So what does that mean? Well, that means you may need to work with your veterinarian to control allergies and the allergic form of skin disease. Um, but there are definitely some things when I hear of, you know, pet that just has some dry skin, especially winter skin, that we might look at doing. Um, one of the standbys for itchy skin that isn't dealing with infection, infection, of uh, yeast or bacteria would be to use a colloidal oatmeal shampoo. It also, it's not only just an anti-itch, but it can really be um, quite restorative in making pets feel better. Um, so that would be one thing. Um, some shampoos that contain emollients, and so when we talk about emollients, they are things that are put into the products that help to soften the skin, and they, they basically help to move water into the upper layers of the skin from the deeper layers. So that can help to decrease scaling and dryness. Um, so some things like that you'll look for in shampoo products. that might be things like coconut oil, um, sometimes safflower, or almond oil might be in different products. Um, so um, those would be preferably through through a uh, skin product, not necessarily taking those items and dousing your dog with them. <laughs> so, but I'm also a fan of year-round uh, fatty acid therapy. And in the de- dry desert environment that I live, I recommend fatty acids for our, all of our dog patients year round, um, because of the dryness that we have out here. And so for seasonal dryness in some areas, you may consider that. And, uh, what are, what
5: are fatty acids?
6: Fatty acids are very important in the lipid structure of the skin. So they are actually supplemented in different forms for animals, just like in people, um, in gel caps, um, powders. There are some liquids out there, too. And um, those are supplemented because you can't put enough in a pet's diet. Um, There are diets that have it added, but I always like to mention that because the amount that we would need to add to a pet's food would actually make it go rancid, and it would rot well before the pet could eat it. So that's why we do have to supplement that on a daily basis. Um, but there's a lot of really good um, fatty acids that are out there, and I, I usually direct people to look for the doggy ones. Um, as far as uh, the product that I use for my dogs is called Icosiderm, and it's a high potency. That? Icosiderm is E-I-C-O-S. I, I'm, I'm failing my smelling test. Uh, yeah. Icosaderm. E-I-C-O-S-A-D-E-R-M. Uh, it comes in, okay. in gel caps or liquid, but that's just my personal preference. But there are a lot of good ones out there. The challenge that we want to
5: like in a grocery
6: store? You won't find it in a grocery store, no. Um, And there are low potency and there's high potency. So probably don't have enough time to really go into the nitty gritty of this. But some of the important components are EPA and DHEA. So those are going to be the ones that are actually quite important when we compare a fatty acid to another one.
5: Where do I have to go to get this product?
6: Well, I would go to a, a high quality pet store or see your veterinarian for the, okay. the products okay. in your area, because a little right. bit are different.
5: Right. Well, I have a, a close friend of mine. He's a pharmacist, so I'll, I'll show him the list I'm writing down. But I do think you nailed it on head because I took off the – I'm painting the house. I took uh-huh. off the air duct covers, and they're just full of dust and uh-huh. everything. Oh, yeah. You know? and yeah. I even started coughing the past week, so I guess
6: – Oh, Yeah. Hopefully. Yep, and get the humidity up too, because in the winter months, with running all that hot air through, um, humidification is really an important thing, and that's one of the okay. reasons we do have winter skin up. disease.
5: I, I was giving him Benadryl diphenhydramine, uh-huh. HCI 25 milligram. Is that okay?
6: Yeah, I mean, for a Belgian shepherd, uh, that's probably a low dose for him. Um, Benadryl helps for pets that, a proportion of pets that have allergic skin disease. So if we're talking about just dryness, Benadryl isn't going to really help him. It may make him sleepy and scratch less because he's tired. Um, but that's more geared towards allergies. So, okay. uh, you know, there, there may be other medications that we would use if we think your pet is dealing more with allergies than just winter dryness. Right. So that, that's, that's right. why that's... I think a, a veterinarian exam really kind of helps make that distinction where, you know, just talking to you over the phone, I can't make that distinction for you. Right.
5: I, I understand. How much is too often you to give him? Like, uh, he just recently got an abscess, okay? Uh, baby aspirin 81 milligrams how often is that i don't i don't actually
6: prescribe any aspirin for any of my patients Um, there are better safer non-steroid type pain relievers or even uh, other classes of pain relievers like tramadol and gabapentin so for me um you know once i saw the research that showed that aspirin even on a baby aspirin dosage causes um gi bleeding pretty much every time you give it to a pet whether or not they're showing signs of it um there's just better things we can use
5: Look,
7: yeah, do do if he veterinary. does have an
6: abscess, that needs to be fully treated or, you know, the skin yep. problems are going to he be did. amplified.
5: I just noticed it, so,
6: wow. Well, get him to the vet, see? Oh. I'm, well, I'm honored not. you called yeah. me, but your baby probably <laughs> needs to see a veterinarian first off if yeah. he's got a skin abscess.
5: Yep, so I think you nailed it as far as the the, the air, forced air, because he didn't have this problem, you know.
6: Yeah, that wintertime skin, it, it, it's tough for all of us. I mean, I'm itching and scratching, and it's just because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's dry and cold out. <laughs> okay, doctor.
1: Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now. Download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
8: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A snake in Ketchum, Idaho, really loved his electric blanket. He loved it so much he ate it. All of it an entire queen-size electric blanket, including the cord and control box. Carl Vesnoska's 60-pound Burmese python somehow unplugged the blanket, which was supposed to be keeping him warm, and had it for dinner. An x-ray showed the blanket wiring extending through eight feet of the python's digestive tract. After a two-hour operation involving an 18-inch incision, the snake named Houdini was on his way to recovery. Vesnoska has owned Houdini for 16 years and often takes him to local schools for show-and-tell. Now I guess he can bring the blanket. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
9: How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan. Save money. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline. Right now, we guarantee you're going to love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us. But you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now. 800 475 3351. 800 475 3351. 800 475 3351. That's 800 475 3351.
10: Tanya tucker on animal radio love those
0: pets you're listening to animal radio if you missed any part of today's show visit us at animalradio.com or download the animal radio app for iphone and android
1: it's animal radio and you've done a wonderful job Keeping the animals safe over the Christmas holidays. Now we have New Year's to worry about. A lot of places there's fireworks and noise. Make sure your animal is inside and safe and secure when those fireworks go off.
2: Or if you have a big party, people coming in and out, make sure that your dog is in a closed room or your cat is in a closed room so they don't sneak out that door.
1: Have a happy New Year from all of us here at Animal Radio. Uh, let's head to the phones where we have Donna Jenkins on the phone. She is with Zachary's Pause for Healing. Hi, welcome to the show, Donna.
11: Oh, thank you. It's nice to be invited to chat with you today at Animal Radio.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about your organization, Zachary Pause for Healing?
11: Absolutely. Uh, we're the first organization of its kind in Canada. We facilitate companion pet visits, dogs and cats, with the patients at Jurevinsky Hospital in Hamilton. Uh Jarvisky Hospital is a state-of-the-art cancer and orthopedic hospital, and they tend to have long-term patients. Um,
2: these aren't therapy animals. These are the patient's actual mm-hmm. own personal pets?
11: Absolutely. Uh, these, these are dogs and cats that belong to the patient. Uh, patients start feeling a little isolated and lonely when they're in the hospital, especially on extended stays and they long to see their pet. And of course, their pet is wondering what has happened to their human. Where have you gone and when are you coming back? So bringing those two together really is a positive for both the patient and the pet.
1: And to what extent do you do that? I mean, do you go pick up the pet from their house? Are the pets in in your custody while they're ill?
11: Uh, The social workers or the nurses staff can contact us and let us know that they have a patient that would like to see their pet. We contact uh, their family member or friend and make arrangements for them to meet us at the hospital. Uh, Being the first medical facility in Canada to provide this type of service, Uh, We've got a lot of policies and procedures and infectious control protocols to follow.
1: Yeah, what what, what Uh, are those that you have to
2: follow? Because a therapy animal has to follow a lot of rules and restrictions.
11: Absolutely. Well, these not being therapy dogs, uh, first of all, we have to contact the uh, pet's veterinarian and have them sign off that the pet has had all of its inoculations and are free of any type of open wounds or illness. Then uh, we make arrangements with the patient's family to bring the pet to us and meet us at the front entrance of the hospital. We transport that pet in a huge, comfy Great Dane crate that is on wheels and is covered. Uh, we do that for a lot of reasons. One, there are patients and visitors that are fearful of animals or have allergies. And the pets are not trained therapy dogs. Uh, they're your everyday pet companion and we don't want a lot of people with their faces up against the crate talking poking wanting to pet because that just brings anxiety onto the pet sure keeping them covered and transporting them that way once we get to the patient's room we place a sign on the door that says it's a private patient pet visitation no one allowed this is a special visit for that patient and no one should be coming in and out disturbing that visit So not even the medical staff comes in unless there's a medical emergency. Uh, Our volunteer stays in the room the entire time. We try to be as inobtrusive as possible, but we follow all the infectious control protocols, and we're there to make sure if there's any access that we've taken care of that for the patient.
2: What is the average Uh, length of a visit?
11: One hour, and they can have a one-hour visit once a week.
2: This
1: is great. Yeah, I think this is great. I bet it was tough to get it initiated, and I wonder if it could be initiated across the country.
11: We're hoping to. Uh, We've got a lot of interest across Canada. Uh, You know, companion pet visits haven't been widely accepted and approved in medical facilities, but we're hoping to get that changed. We not only meet all of the policies and procedures and infectious control protocols, we exceed them at our hospital. And we're building a kit now to, ha- to assist other hospitals and other organizations that would like to start this in their area. Uh, no sense in, you know, re- reinventing the wheel when we can help you mm-hmm. uh, get started.
1: Oh, absolutely. You're a great uh, catalyst.
11: This is named after my child, Zachary, who passed away a year ago in November.
1: Yeah, tell us, us about first. Zachary.
11: Zachary was a wonderful young man. He was autistic. He was diagnosed with an aggressive form of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, He was in and out of the hospital a considerable amount over the course of two and a half years. His last hospitalization was for a stem cell transplant. And he was so sick and so needed to see his dog that we did bring in his favorite dog, Chase, while he was in ICU, undercover. (laughs) And that bothered Zachary a lot because he felt like, well, we don't have to sneak our relatives in. And we consider our dogs part of our family. They shouldn't be sneaked in either. And when they're being sneaked in, no protocols are being followed. So he insisted when he realized that he wasn't going to make it that we form an organization where all the patients have an opportunity to have a visit with their companion pet, Mm. just like they would any other family member. And that's really what we've done. I know he would be very proud of us. Oh, yeah, he would. He was would. 25 when he passed away last November the 28th, wow. a year ago, 2014. So sad. Well, let's... Uh, so took, I'm sorry.
1: I was going to say, let's give out the website so everybody can go over there and learn more about this and see how they can institute this in their their land, Absolutely. wherever they live.
11: It's www.Zachary'sPauseForHealing, all on one word, dot com.
1: And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Donna, thank you so much for joining us today, and most importantly, thank you for the hard work you're doing.
11: Thank you for Having us. Thank you very
0: much. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi,
12: this is Park Overall.
10: I am just thrilled about Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Please.
13: Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book. Biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book, no matter what genre. Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started.
9: 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more.
6: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori
0: Brooks.
4: The first ever litter of puppies conceived through in vitro fertilization was born recently, unlocking a reproductive secret in dogs that has helped researchers solve a decades-old canine biology puzzle. The exceptional process mm -hmm, produced seven healthy puppies, all born by cesarean section to a host female dog. Now, IVF success in dogs has remained kind of elusive, pretty much, because when it comes to reproduction, dogs are a little weirder than you might think. Dogs, of course, only come into heat once or twice a year, and that creates some unique scheduling challenges for the scientists. Also, in most mammals, an egg enters the fallopian tubes primed for fertilizing. Female dogs, however, they produce immature eggs, and those eggs have to kind of hang around inside the oviducts of the female dog for one or two days before they're viable. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Michael Vick got the celebrity treatment, believe it or not, as he visited Harrisburg, the Pennsylvania state capitol, last week to lobby for a bill to help protect cats and dogs from being left in unattended cars and trucks. That bill would shield first responders from liability for any property damage they might cause when rescuing animals from unattended vehicles in extreme heat. Well, Vic was, of course, you know, a star quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons when he pleaded guilty to federal conspiracy charges back in 2007 for his role in that dogfighting ring. And he served nearly two years in prison. Now, Vic claims to have been reformed, and he spoke on behalf of animals that day, saying, quote, the bottom line is that all animals thrive on kindness and respect. They depend on us like our children depend on us. And then Vic went on to say, quote, again, I know that that i'm an enlightened advocate for animal welfare i've never heard the term enlightened advocate before used in that sense but i hope so Vic went on to say that he was part of the problem when he was at his lowest but he's since made decisions to make changes and that he stands by them i'm Lori brooks be sure to get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at animalradio.com this has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com.
11: Hi, this is Paul Rogers. And Cynthia Rogers.
12: On Animal Radio.
11: Just know that it's going to be all right, meow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: Hi, Vicky. Hi. How are you?
10: Good. How are you?
0: Good. Where are you calling from today?
10: I am in Idaho. Mm,
1: is that where you live? Very beautiful place. <laughs>
10: I'm actually a chick driver, and I'm on the road right now.
1: Okay. A chick driver? Is that what you called yourself? (laughs) I like that. Chicks drive much better than guys. I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie. Hi there.
10: Hi. I have a nine-year-old Boston Terrier, and she has a demodectic mange mite. Okay. And I'd like to know if there's something that's natural that I can treat her with.
6: Okay. So, how was this diagnosed?
10: Um, Is she she having problems?
6: Uh,
10: Yeah, her, her cheeks get a little bit puffy and red, red spots, and so the vet did a scraping.
6: Alrighty. righty. Well, uh, I guess we'll back up a little bit because demodex mites are really common in, in the Boston Terriers. Um, it's you know more common, I'd say, in the young pups um, because it is a function of their immune system and how it's maturing. So there's the young dog form and kind of the old dog form or <laughs> mature dog form. Um, so in a young dog, I, I expect this in a Boston and I'm not too bothered by it. In an older dog, it does bother me if we detect demodex mites and, and not so much because the mites themselves are serious, but in order for it to occur in an adult dog, there's usually got to be something wrong that's kind of making their immune system out of whack. Because the normal pet um, actually, believe it or not, has these mites on their skin. I might even find them on a perfectly normal pet if I scrape their skin. The the, the problem is, is when their immune system and their skin can't kind of fight this off. So for an adult dog like yours, I would say, okay, you know, there's ways to treat the mites, but my bigger concern is why did she get these? And I'd want to make sure we check for a couple different health problems because it's real common in dogs that have underlying hormone problems like thyroid problems, um, Cushing's disease, which is an adrenal gland problem, um, diabetes, and you know even cancers and so forth. So other things that kind of take her stresses away from fighting off the mites are going to be my bigger concern. The mites can be treated, um, but for an adult dog, sometimes it's much harder to treat them and to get rid of them because of these underlying factors. So, um... That would be my my big goal and my big focus for her that I, I would urge you to do. Um, okay. you now, in answer to your question, is there something natural you can do? Uh, not really. Um, sometimes we'll use probiotics to boost immune support, um, but really it's a function to get into the heart of the problem and then to address these mites. Um,
10: okay. She is a blue and white
6: Boston,
10: and because they're not typically supposed to be blue, she has had a lot of skin problems. Mm. And, um, you know, so she's been treated for skin cancer. Um, oh, really? Okay. And then the might kind of come and go at different times of the year.
6: Mm. Okay. Okay. In having the blue color dilution um, in a lot of breeds, yeah, that signals uh, kind of a life. Lifelong skin disorders and problems, and they just don't have the normal defenses when it comes to uh, dermatological problems. So, um, so I don't think I would necessarily look so much for something natural that's going to cure this. Um, I would definitely have they used um, ivermectin in the past for her. Yes. Okay, because that's the the best line therapy is a drug called ivermectin, Um, unless we have a herding breed like a collie or an Australian shepherd. Um, But that's something that I would definitely kind of lean towards that route. And uh, talk to your vet if they're suspicious about any of the other problems. It might just be something as simple as doing, you know, starting with some routine lab work, just so we're not missing okay. something on that radar.
10: Alrighty.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. And and and
14: Vinny Penn. Party animal. I'm just going to come right out and say it. My sister and my brother-in-law killed the family pet and ate it for dinner. And ate it for dinner. I'm just going to say it with with my nephews, my two small nephews. Uh, if that's not further proof of uh, the economy being in turmoil, as if any of you needed it, I don't know what is. Killing the family pet and eating it for dinner? You heard right. But I guess I should explain that the uh, family pet at the time and just for a few days was a lobster. Uh, Get a load of this. My nephew has just uh, begun fancying lobster. My sister tells me recently on the phone that they went out for a seafood dinner. He tried lobster for the first time and he loved it. So me being the good uncle that I am. Uh, And a big fan of Lobster Graham. I don't know how many of you out there are familiar with Lobster Graham. You can go right online and and send like a variety of different meals, you know, chowders and even steaks and things like that. But of course, uh, seafood and namely, obviously, lobsters. I said, I'm going to be the good uncle, Uncle Vinny, even though they call me Uncle Sam. But that's a real long story. So I sent them out a a little small order of of, uh, lobsters for the family. Well, my sister's got the bright idea. She's going to open the box, open the crate when it shows up uh, with the boys. And when they see that the live lobster in there that was sent along with some chowders, as I said, and whatnot, uh, the kids scream in in ecstasy and immediately named him Plankton. Uh, and my sister, and my brother didn't know what to do. They're like, they, they, they think it's a pet. They're calling him plankton. They they, they can't process that the lobster they've eaten at restaurants, even though it looks exactly the same, just not moving, uh, is what they're going. And they would never hear of eating it. So for three days, they had to kind of let the lobster hang around. I don't know if it was three days. I'm kind of running amok right now. And then ultimately do what all parents do and lie that plankton ran away one day while they were at school. But, hey, lobsters for dinner tonight. We got it from them. And they just kind of uh, served it in a way that the kids didn't know they're eating plankton. Am I the bad guy in this? Because my sister screamed at me when we opened the crate. We didn't know it would be alive. It was waving its arms at us. And this, what am I going to send you, a dead lobster? Uh, that's what Italians do when they're threatening your life. Uh, of course it's going to be alive. It's a lobster, Graham. Am I going to send you a dead lobster? And she said they had to let it crawl around on the carpets for a while. And the kids were playing with it because, of course, the claws were... Uh, they're closed up uh, with elastic bands and whatnot. And I'm made to look at the bad guy. And now, of course, the children think that Plankton made his way all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada to Reno and is living a good life on a farm somewhere with Sonny, my sister's uh, collie that died a couple of years back. Plankton and Sonny sounds like a Fox TV show. Vinny Pet, Party Animal, Animal Radio. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All
0: the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet. Hi, this is
15: Brandon McMillan on
14: Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop.
9: Happy holidays from your friends at Fido Friendly Magazine. The fall-winter issue is available now for your dog to sniff out all the great Fido Friendly hotels and great products to set all tails wagging. This is the must-have issue of the year, so subscribe today at FidoFriendly.com, make this a gift for an additional $10 for your Fido-loving friends, and have a Fido-fabulous holiday.
12: Hi, I'm Charlotte Ross on Animal Radio. Please remember to spay and neuter your pets.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets, toll-free from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. And uh, I have a Christmas hangover. I know many of you (laughs) probably got a pet for Christmas.
2: So you probably didn't get much sleep either.
1: Yeah. And if you did, by the way, Dr. Marty Becker will be on in just a few minutes, and uh, he'll help you out with your new puppy that you got for Christmas, no. whether you wanted they it should, or not.
3: They should ban that for, for the holidays. Well, you know what's they interesting? They really should. They shouldn't allow pets to, to be adopted. They shouldn't allow them to be sold because too many of them think that they have a home and they go back or they go to a home that they're never treated right. Ah,
1: but you see, that's actually not the research. The shift that, is changing. Yes, it is. In fact, the ASPCA just announced that 86% of these animals that have been gifted are still with the owners and that there is actually a pretty significant retention rate almost as much of a retention rate as there is for people that go out and just get a pet premeditated yes
2: year. so
3: really yes yeah it's changing and that's according to the
1: aspca so we'll see what happened this year and of course within the next few years where do uh, these
3: people get these polls from that's what i want to know every time so I, i'm never surveyed for anything no one's ever has me a thing but you know I'm, I'm always in the percentage here
1: hi lee how are you Hi, I'm doing pretty good. How are y'all doing today? Very
3: good. How can we help you?
1: Yeah, I had a
16: question for Dr. Debbie. I, I got a three-year-old uh, Boston Terrier, and about two nights ago, she went outside, and she come back in, and she was limping. And we didn't really think that much of it that night. We figured that she just got... But the, the next day, her paw up to her, her shoulder was, uh, was uh, you know, swallowed really bad. And we called our vet about it, and he said it sounded like a snake bite to give her Benadryl, which the swelling has gone down, but I was wondering, should we be worried about any kind of infection?
6: Oh, geez, yeah, definitely. Gosh, so, I mean, if it was a snake bite, your baby got off very lucky because um, a lot of pets don't survive snake bites. So I guess that's the first thing that if you ever, ever suspect a snake bite, get your little babies to the veterinarian. It's your vet, Your important. vet didn't say come in? No, he just
16: said that. Usually, if they don't get bit, like around the facial area or in the mouth, that's usually a snake bite. Well, that's what he told us. That usually a snake bite. That all he would do is give her
6: antihistamine. Are you live in a town like with more
1: than one vet? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
6: Find you the other have. vet. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, as far as the big concern with snake bites is, you know, they're different different toxic potentials for different snakes so maybe he knows something that I don't know about the snakes in your particular area but when we're talking about things like the, the rattlesnakes which are big in my Las Vegas area those we do not mess around with because it could be a matter of just a few hours and a pet can die from a snake bite so the, the main effects tend to be we see swelling we see pain and and we can see a potential for infection. So, yes, any snake bite that I see, my patients get put on antibiotics. But they get a whole heck of a lot more. So they can go into shock. So we give them IV fluids. We do give them antihistamines. But there's even antivenom, which is very important for some pets in helping to survive those uh, snake bite uh, misadventures, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I usually – this is another one of those emergencies. I don't hold back. And it's it's something we treat very aggressively because um, – you know pets can die very quickly from that now that being said you know um, your vet is definitely correct and i agree with the fact that you know bites on the head and the face are more serious because it's a much quicker uh, path to the brain if you will and so pets that are larger or have bites on extremities may not have a serious uh, a response but you know, you can have that individual who is, uh, you know, your your aunt Betty who's allergic to bees, and if she gets stung, she goes into anaphylactic shock. And this can happen to any dog that has a as a snake bite. You just don't know which one's going to have that horrible reaction. Doesn't mean everyone's going to, but it means you need to take take that injury with the respect it deserves and get your pet to the vet. So, is that enough okay. of a lecture from me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
16: Well, we we actually never could find you know a puncture wound or anything, and we so we're not really sure as to what it was because she had an allergic reaction like to an insect bite. Uh
6: huh. Oh yeah, definitely. And if you don't see, you know, some telltale bite wounds, some draining sores then it might not necessarily be a, a snake bite that, for your pet situation. But, yes, you yeah. can have a really big, swollen-up leg. Um, you know, in our areas we have um, uh, scorpions, which can cause yeah. a pretty good, even allergic reaction in some dogs, and that can even be life-threatening for some pets. But um, if we're suspecting it might have been a bee sting or some other kind of fire ant enven- envenomation, something like that, then, you know, something like an antihistamine is very appropriate. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't hesitate if I'm worried that. That there's a snake, or you know that that you have snakes in your area. Those are definitely the big red flags to be ready and, and be aware.
1: Okay. Lee, last week we had a a guy whose dog got bit. He sucked the venom out of the leg of the bite, Mm -hmm. and then he got sick himself, and they both ended (laughs) up at the hospital. So that's another
0: thing you don't want to do.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Not recommended, definitely.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal
15: Radio app for iPhone and Android. Cable, here's today's Scam Watch. A lot of folks are going into the internet to find themselves puppies. Folks like Dawn who lost one of her dogs. On Thanksgiving. So she went online to find a new puppy.
10: Came upon bestfriendhusky.com.
15: She read all the testimonials on the website and felt comfortable with it.
10: All of them said they would come back again and get another Husky.
15: She picked out one of the puppies and sent the breeder in Minnesota 500 bucks. But did the dog arrive? No. She sent another $905 that was supposed to be for a special heat
10: I finally realized that this is for sure a scam.
15: The website was taken down and she never heard from the breeder again. Thousands of people a year who just want to get a new puppy are getting ripped off.
17: We get tens of thousands of complaints on this. I would never get a puppy sight unseen.
15: Many times the pet you fall in love with online doesn't even exist. It's just a picture off the internet. Dawn got herself a new puppy, but she also got
9: scammed.
10: He's an evil man. This is
9: Animal Radio. How would you like to get a free smartphone? If you own a smartphone, listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service. Think of your savings. So don't wait. Switch your plan. Save money. Plus, get a free smartphone every year. Call the free smartphone hotline hotline right now. We guarantee you're going to love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us, but you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day, guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now, 800-475-3351, 800-475-3351, 800-475-3351. That's 800-475-3351 celebrating the
0: connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white and groomer joey villani and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis it's almost a happy new year so i'll tell you right
1: now just in case i I don't get to speak to you before then happy new year i hope it's a safe and happy one for you i know michael vick we learned last hour has a has a brand new resolution for his new year and he's, well, he says he's changed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know if you buy that. I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, I, of course,
4: should we take a number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you
1: think about it, Lori?
4: Um, yeah, you know, I, I truly from the bottom of my heart believe that everybody deserves a second chance, uh, a chance to, to make good what they did wrong. But, um, you know, when he got out of prison, I think that was 2007, he, I had a hard time accepting his explanations and apologies. I just didn't feel the warmth from him
2: that I really wanted to feel. So I'm kind of iffy.
1: What about you, Judy?
2: Well, you know, it's hard for me, too. But I have to say, he's not going to do anything negatively or anything to harm the animals right now because he knows everybody's watching him. So he's going to be on his best behavior and he's going to do right. Mm.
1: What about you, Dr. Debbie?
6: Well, okay, I'm going to be the sunshine here because I, <laughs> I, I'm i going to say give this guy another chance and, and give him the opportunity because he really came from a place where he was, he just looked at animals in a different way. They were things to be controlled and you would like to believe that through his education process that he's learned that animals can really just amplify our lives and add so much to it and it may have taken him some time to understand that and to experience that you can't expect him to learn that within a week getting out of prison Mm. so you know if he can be kind of the spokesperson to help other people see and and to you know become more informed i'm all for it and i'm gonna back him
1: oh there's a lot of sunshine there I like yeah, thank that. You. <laughs> I I tend to think he already did his best thing that he could do for animals and that was bring to attention the plight of dog fighting which had been going on for years and years and years and really took a high profile person to bring it to light. That's where I think there's the silver lining around his whole thing. Whether he's genuine or not, uh, time will tell. You're absolutely right, Judy. There's a big microscope on him. What are you going to hit us up with this hour miss brooks
4: uh what would it be like if dogs could talk because scientists are really moving us quickly uh in that direction where dogs can communicate with us and in some cases
1: verbally oh mm-hmm. mm-hmm. see i'm pretty convinced they yeah. can already communicate with us uh they just opt not to uh- they're too yeah. smart hey jason
18: hey how are you good how are
1: you doing
18: oh uh, doing well i'm just not sure how my dogs do it because i've never seen a behavior like this before
1: Oh, what's he doing
18: uh, she's about two years old, and I'd say three weeks or a month ago, she started um, if you've ever seen a dog like track like a fleck of dust or something floating through the air or a fly or, or something like that, she's doing that behavior for, I would say you know 30 minutes at a time where, where she's jumping around looking in all different directions and hopping up on her back hind legs and kind of snapping her jaws like an alligator would like she was trying uh-huh. to grab something. Okay. but there's nothing there.
6: Interesting. What kind of dog is she?
18: She's a. We got her from the pound. She's a German Shepherd mix, and all the rest of the dogs in the litter were like. Uh, they, they look like black lab chow mixes. She's the only one that looks like she does.
6: Aw, <laughs> so she wasn't like the the black sheep in the litter. She was just the shepherd in the litter.
18: Yeah, I mean she's Aww. a really she's a really sweet dog, but she's always had a little bit of, of nervous energy. Like she's she uh she's getting better now because we're we're. Uh, honestly we watched the dog whisperer and we're trying to do that kind of stuff to to teach her to be better around new people Mm -hmm. because at first she was really bad and she's getting better but now this behavior we don't know what's going on with her we're we're not sure if it's some kind of mental thing or if there's some kind of more serious thing we should be worried about
6: now is there anything that is uh, setting off these episodes as far as is she eating beforehand sleeping is there any activity that you could kind of link that to
18: No, I mean, at first it started in only one room of the house, but now she does it pretty much uh, sometimes wherever she goes.
6: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, actually, you kind of alluded to a word that um, I'm going to call this, and and this sounds to me like a fly-biting seizure, and um, there are what we kind of call the grand mal seizures that people are familiar with that look like an epileptic seizure,
18: but there's a lot of... Is it almost like in people, like a focal motor seizure?
6: Exactly, yes. It's exactly what a fly-biting seizure is, and it's basically something that they can do and be completely normal at other times. And it doesn't necessarily mean a dog with a fly-biting seizure is going to go on to develop a full epileptic seizure, but it can mean that there's something wrong neurologically that's triggering that. But the good thing is they rarely progress um, to something more serious, although you still have that potential of her injuring herself, you know, by jumping around or, you know, getting kind of in the zone, if you will, and um, not being aware of what's going on around her. So a lot of dogs with fly-biting seizures, I'd like to do a full medical workup, make sure there's nothing medically going on that we can see in their blood, um, anything in that regard. But if everything looks normal, then we have a decision to make. And the decision is, do we try medicine? Or do we let her go? If she's having episodes that are that long, I would probably lean towards some medication. And what we basically try is a round of anti-seizure medicine. So sometimes I'll try phenobarbital, and that, that can work very well for some dogs with this. Um, other cases, I'll use something called gabapentin. Um, but um, I would say that it, it just screams at me that that is very likely what you're seeing there is a fly-biting seizure. And, and uh, yeah, we do see, actually see those a little bit more in some different breeds. I can't say shepherds is necessarily one of them, but um, I've seen it a lot in Bernese dogs, schnauzers, um, uh, the greater Swiss dogs, uh, some of those. So, so, yeah, I would say. And have you talked to your veterinarian about this? at any point yet
18: well honestly I think we need to maybe change our vet because I left a message for and y'all called me back before she did (laughs) Uh uh, (laughs) what I'm concerned about is you know in people you know a lot of times uh is not that big a deal except for the lack of oxygen is this the same thing going on with her whenever she's having these or is it a different kind of uh effect on her body
6: it's a different effect, and um, with a seizure, we're not really having a lack of oxygen. It's more, um, if we had more of a fainting episode, that's when we would have a change in the oxygen. Her, She's just got some wires that are just kind of firing um, off um, abnormally, so that's kind of all that is. Um, but still, you know, I, I'd say the duration that you're describing these and just, um, you know, how it's happening more regularly, I, I would definitely think that she would be one. I'd get some labs drawn on her and then be ready for the potential that, you know, trying something like an anti-seizure medicine may be a good thing that improves the quality of her life and and that's what i really look for is that if these episodes are frequent enough or they're affecting her quality of life or yours then we really that's when we need to step in and start medicating so i'd give hey, now, that a try
18: there one last question so it's not going to do any good like i've been trying to correct the behavior when she's doing it and she can't help it right so it's not going to do me, do her or me any good to try to correct it while she's doing it right
6: no no if this is truly a fly seizure yeah you're just gonna bang your head up against the wall so <laughs> oh, okay. yeah well, you'll be looking for much. the valium not her <laughs> <laughs>
18: absolutely well do you have any
6: <laughs> well but yeah thank you very much. <laughs> all right my pleasure jason and good luck with that little one
1: hey joey volani just walked in the studio how are you doing today what's on your mind What's going on with you? Do we need your violin players? we got to get your violin no, players. No, that's okay. Okay. We'll, we'll just, you know
3: what? It's, it's good. They have the whole weekend guests, off. You know? There you go. There you go. So no violin players. But, um, so, you know, I've been asked this question before, and we've discussed it before, but how many times or how often can you wash your dog? Mm. And um, the the really the answer is as many times as as your heart desires as long as you're using the right products. But I have a letter here, and it says, "Uh oh, my dog Sophia has seborrhea." Now seborrhea is a skin condition, it's an oily skin condition that, if not treated, it usually um, turns into a fungal and starts to smell, really? and the skin gets. Did you ever like? The best way to describe it. Did you ever see like an old old guy and, and he has real greasy hair, but he has really bad dandruff that's stuck in that greasy hair. Yes. you know, you don't you don't see it so often anymore. But I remember when I was a kid, I it's still embedded it in my memory. <laughs> um, well, that's almost the, 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 same. I <laughs> I say, the same. I just want to say. I just want to say
1: they called me grease pit at yeah. school.
3: But go ahead. It burned (laughs) into his his eyeballs. All right. As long as you didn't have the danger on top of that. (laughs) Anyway, um, seborrhea is a skin condition. And yes, you want to break that grease barrier. It's extremely important. See, veterinarians, when you go to the veterinarian, the veterinarian will give you shampoo and say, you know, wash your pet once a week. And um, they'll give you some um, some antibiotics um, to clear the problem. What They don't really stress how important those baths are because if, if you don't keep that skin clean and you don't degrease that pet, what's going to happen is it's just going to keep getting worse and the antibiotics alone may do the job but most likely aren't. So what you want to do is you want to use, and, and this is a situation where you want to use a specialty shampoo. Um, there's a great product on the market called Zymox. Zymox, um I found it, and, and when we have used it on pets that have seborrhea, and it clears up the problem usually in, in about four to five, um, four to five baths, and basically what it is is an antimicrobial, and um, it goes in there and it, it it just basically eats everything away because it's an enzyme. Oh yes. Okay. It's <laughs> and and what it does, it actually it actually eats it, it eats it away, but using that. At least once, twice a week, after about five treatments, you're going to notice a major difference. And if you can't get that, your vet will prescribe something for you. But follow up on it. Break that grease barrier, okay? Make that dog feel good. Is IMOX over the counter? Can you get that over the counter? Yeah, you can. You can. Um, It's not something you're going to see in most um, pet stores, but I know Amazon sells it. And they sell a ton of it, and you get a really good price on Amazon, so. Yeah,
1: You sound like you have personal experience, Lori. Do you use it?
4: Are you kidding? I have bulldogs, which are just
3: yeasty, <laughs> you know, chubby balls of hair. So you've used it before. It's great, isn't it? Loved
4: it. Yeah, love it. I use Zymox in their ears as well. It's They have a different formula for ears,
7: but
1: it works and incredibly well. It's, it's the well. greatest. Joey Volani, right here on Animal Radio. You want to talk to him or Dr. Debbie right now.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app. For iPhone and Android.
14: Holy education! Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series Batman. You've got to keep listening to Animal Radio. Wowie zowie, they've got the best information. It's so entertaining. To the Batmobile citizens!
13: Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed, and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book, biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book, no matter what genre. Page Publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide, packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish
9: what you started. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be checking news with Lori Brooks. What do you
4: got? We're a couple of things here in the news kitchen, Hal. Um, the news we've kitchen got results. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking, it's because something I can't do, so I cook news. Oh, right? okay. We've got the crash test for pet safety and what they found for pet seats. Are they really safe or not? And which brands might help you out? And there's a, a famous celebrity couple that is involved in a custody dispute over their pets. So I'll share the details with you coming up.
1: Last week, you shared a story with us about a pet that was found seven years after it was lost, all due to a chip. And mm-hmm. it, there was a little bit of confusion at first because they didn't think that the animal had a chip. The chip had migrated southward right. very far. Is that pretty common, Dr. Debbie? Do chips migrate
6: it's not as common as it used to be. It can occasionally. Now, I have actually found occasionally it's just implanted in the wrong place, and there is an education process for people to oh. put those in that um, it is really important that everyone use the standardized area, the kind of scruff of the neck and the back. But, yeah, there, there can be some migration with that. And I think, you know, I just had an argument with an owner argument I- the other day. She said, oh, my dog's never going to get out. He doesn't need a microchip. And I would just like to just, I guess, urgently, passionately say, it does not matter if you have the best cared for pet out there. Things happen. Doors can be left open. Guests can do something wrong. Everyone, please get your dog and cat microchipped.
2: I've done many microchips on animals before. I've inserted many of them.
1: Have you? Yes, I have. So you've been taught, you actually went to a class or you learned how to do that? I
6: learned
2: how to do that with the National Disaster Search Dog Foundation that we held a clinic and uh, they showed me how to do it and I i did many dogs you're
1: really multi-talented yeah not as talented as dr debbie though well no she i can, put in a I, I like can insert
2: a needle that's it so.
1: <laughs> okay uh just a few minutes dr marty is gonna be joining us if you got a puppy for christmas he he has uh just tips for Some tips it.
2: and tips. yeah yeah how to how to help them
1: okay that's on the way right here on animal radio let's go to the phones for your calls right now hi lynn hi where are you calling hi. from today
2: in arkansas
12: right now i'm a truck driver
1: well welcome to the show i have dr debbie right here to answer your questions
12: uh what i was wanting to know is can i feed my cat raw meat and fish as opposed to any of the canned stuff and would i have to add vitamins and taurine to it if i did Well,
6: I'd have to say that, you know, we know that kitties are obligate carnivores, so they need meat. Um, I am not a fan of feeding raw meat and fish in a substitution for a good, quality, balanced commercial cat food for a couple reasons. And you mentioned one thing, taurine, which is an important amino acid that if we do feed, a raw meat, raw fish-based diet, we're going to very likely run into multiple deficiencies, including a taurine deficiency, which is so important for cats. They have a four-time greater need for this amino acid than dogs do. So it's very easy for them if we don't meet their needs with diet. That they can have a problem reading, leading into all sorts of heart problems and eye problems. So, um, no, I don't think that feeding just a supplement is going to make up for that. Um, there's also going to be other um, amino acids, um, nutrients. Um, there's even kitties that will have a thiamine deficiency, which is a B vitamin. Um, and that can actually result because feeding raw fish actually can have an uh, enzyme that breaks down the ability of the body to absorb B vitamins. So that can also cause a whole round of other types of um, problems. So um, my bottom suggestion is I I really wouldn't recommend going there. Um, If the base of the diet is a good quality cat diet, then I think you're better off to do that. And, uh, you know, I know of people that would say oh i fed my cat tuna here and there um you know but you just got to be very careful there's um you know higher uh, risk of bacterial related um, infections these nutritional deficiencies um and i just don't know that i would really want to gamble with that Uh, plus traveling my gosh isn't it easier just to (laughs) make a commercial diet in your situation
12: well uh you have ways to cook on the truck and uh it seems like she has kind of a problem with some of the can cat foods, and she'll eat them, and before she can even walk away from the dish, she's already thrown it up, and I figure that it might be an allergy or something, something in it that she can't tolerate. You know, she's eight years old, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I fix food for myself, so I can fix it for her as well.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there are some kitties that cannot tolerate canned food. Um, I see a lot of them sometimes start off where we just think it's just the canned food they can't tolerate. And then with time, we go on to discover they may actually have more established intestinal disease, such as inflammatory bowel disease. So I think sometimes that's kind of the early start that we make those notices. And then later on, we discover they really do have more of a a digestive problem. So um, in those lines, then I'll actually look at using hypoallergenic diets for those kitties that are the frequent vomiters. that just don't tolerate certain changes in their diet. So that that might be one avenue we can go with for your baby. Okay,
12: well, thank you very much.
1: Thanks for listening, Lynn. If well, you need a follow-up, of course, we do those free of charge. Some other shows, they'll charge you $5, $6 for a second call. <laughs> they, they don't really. We don't.
8: Dogs or cats, horse or emu are people too. A woman in Gig Harbor, Washington got a big surprise when she picked up her dog from the groomer. Annie Sheriffius was trying to wash off what she thought was dirt on her Shih Tzu's ear when the actual ear fell off. She rushed her dog, Jasmine, to the vet, who told her that the ear had been cut off and superglued back on. Jasmine had to undergo treatment for infection. Pierce County Sheriff's investigators are looking into possible criminal charges against the unlicensed dog groomer. J-Ray's Pet Grooming, the shop where the ear-gluing incident happened, has been shut down. Sharifia says she cried for weeks every time she thought of someone hurting her little dog. She wants to make sure that groomer never touches another dog. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio.
9: would you like to get a free smartphone if you own a smartphone listen to this incredible offer that's almost too good to be true right now you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as two dollars a day guaranteed for life plus get a free smartphone every year call the free smartphone hotline now and we'll move your number from your existing service think of your savings so don't wait switch your plan save money plus get a free smartphone every year call the free smartphone hotline Right now, we guarantee you're gonna love our service. If you don't like what we say, you can hang up on us. But you won't. Right now, you can switch your plan and get service with us for as little as $2 a day. Guaranteed for life. Call the free smartphone hotline right now. 800-475-3351. 800-475-3351. 800-475-3351. That's 800-475-3351.
4: This is an Animal Radio News update. I'm Lori Brooks. What would the world be like if dogs could talk to us? Well, Melody Jackson isn't pitching this as an idea for like a new Pixar movie or something. She's really a computer scientist at Georgia Tech who's developing an innovative new way for animals to communicate using technology. She has already built special computerized vests for service dogs so that in an emergency, the dog can find another human... And the dog actually pulls a mechanical lever on the vest that it's wearing. And that triggers an audio message which says, my handler needs you to come with me. How cool is that? Some other pretty neat things in the works include a device for cancer-detecting dogs, which actually measures their sniffing patterns and then shows how strong of a scent that they're picking up. And they're also working on adapting household items for use by service dogs, things like dog-friendly doorknobs and light switches. Two years ago, in a very first-of-its-kind crash test, the leading pet harnesses, which were trusted by pet owners, failed to, Again and again, many times. Well, now the Center for Pet Safety is testing pet travel seats. So, what do you think? Are there any safe pet seats? Really? Got to tell you, the answer is no. The director at the Center for Pet Safety says, in fact, quote, they do not recommend pet seats at this time for pet owners to use for pets in their cars because their tests show that pet seats, which usually attach to your pet's collar or harness, they don't offer enough protection during a crash. So what should you do? Like humans do, they recommend buckling up your furry friend while in the car. I'm Laurie Brooks. Be sure to get more animal breaking news anytime you need it at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at animalradio.com.
15: Hi, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. Oh. My dog's talking to his buddy on Skype. Yeah, that poodle next door really is a snob. Oh. Hey, wait a minute. I do not smell like a human. Oh. Stop telling your friends I have fleas. Uh I know you are, but what am I? Wouldn't it be great if you could talk to your dogs and they could talk back? A lot of people think their dogs do understand their conversation. Dogs can't understand some words. There's no doubt about that. But when you have a conversation with them, they have no idea what you're talking about. We talked about how clicker training speeds up everything. There's more than one way to communicate with your dog. Hand signals with the word. If you have a dog and he knows a command, let's say sit, walk up to him right now. Think up a hand signal that you'd like to use for sit. Maybe it's a closed fist. Maybe it's a chopping motion. Whatever you choose, every time you tell your dog to sit, use that exact hand signal. You'll notice your dog's focused even more than before on what you're doing. Dogs are always watching us and what they're looking for is signs of leadership. Hand signals are a great way to accomplish that and to communicate with your dog. They'll also speed up the process of you teaching your dog new things. When you tell your dog he's being good, have a hand signal to go along with it. Have a hand signal for the word treat. If you take time out and watch your dog, you're going to notice your dog spends a lot of time watching you. much more than you do watching him eventually you can communicate with your dog without talking at all and you'll be amazed how fast he learns new things when you use a hand signal as well as a word for what he's already doing oh. yes we all know you were the first puppy in the litter to be housebroken oh. I can't repeat that I've got hand signals for stop down stay sit get behind me heal, watch me or pay attention treat and good dog oh. My dog hates that hand signal. It's the one I used to tell him we're watching The Bachelor. Oh, you're a good dog. No, Dr. Debbie's not going to give you a shot. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com
0: you're listening to animal radio if you missed any part of today's show visit us at animalradio.com or download the animal radio app for iphone and android it's animal
1: radio celebrating the connection with our pets and if you were lucky enough to get a pup for christmas well geez you're pretty lucky that's what i say i didn't get one (laughs) but if you happen to get one we have our good friend dr marty becker joining us hey doc how you doing
17: hello friends and you you know I'm contrary when it comes to this i've uh, we've known each other probably a decade, and I've been coming out uh for for all that time talking i think pets are a good idea to get a christmas
1: you have a little and cold, don't you
17: I do
2: yes we can tell i do
17: well i had I had knee surgery too, so I have a little... Oh. A tiny bit rummy, but you know, here's the here's the thing. Some things we've talked about over the years, you know, that mistletoes poisonous and poinsettias are poisonous, and chocolate's poisonous, and we find out some of these things just because you say it doesn't mean it really has a lot of basis in reality. And and so many people don't get a pet for Christmas because there's all the distractions. But for those of you that were lucky enough, like you said, to get a dog or a cat for Christmas, I think it's a great time. The family's around. It's a great bonding time. And there's a few things you should do right away. If you got a dog at the shelter, you want to see if this is going to be a fit for you. Too many times we try to still make it work, even though this pet may not be one that can get along with the other dogs or cats, or it might be one that uh, has a a house soiling problem or something. And there's nothing wrong with trading in for a different one while the bond is still young. Mm. I know that sounds terrible. But, you know, for some people, just whatever we do, we're going to make it work and this and this for a lifetime. But early on, if there's something that's not going to work as the time to do it, you want to make sure you get on your parasite control products. Okay. Because sometimes we think it's wintertime, it's, you know, it's still freezing outside. We don't have to worry about heartworm and stuff. And and we know that's a year-round problem in many parts of the country. Yeah. So I don't care where you, you know, ask your veterinarian. If, you're, if you want to buy it at Costco or you want to buy it at Amazon or you want to buy it at Walmart or you want to buy it from the vet hospital, I don't care where you buy it. Just ask your veterinarian for a recommendation of which product to use okay. and, and stick with it. So uh, you, you can find something that fits within your budget. I want you to also start feeding them with food puzzles, not out of bowls. Which food puzzles. Food hmm. puzzles. Food puzzles are food dispensing devices, no bowls. And what these are? There's a variety of products out there you can find uh, in the in pet stores or online that it makes the pet go on a hunt in the home. So they're they're recreating a hunt. It feeds their mind as well as feeding their bodies. Instead of taking you know thirty seconds to three minutes to wolf their food down, it might take uh, five to thirty minutes
1: to eat. Hmm. But don't you and, use one of those, Judy, for uh, ladybug like that? Nina Olson makes those puzzles.
2: The- Oh, yes. She has the bone. Or is that a treat it's, puzzle? Yeah, it's a treat puzzle. It's oh, okay. a bone with three different layers that she spins around and has to find the buried treats. And I also, from Kong, I have a treat ball that I put them in and there's a little oh. hole she has to push around. I don't feed her. She's not one that wolfs down her food. But I do have, I, I'm aware of those green interactive feeders from like Company of Animals yeah. that they're all these knobby little things that it takes slows them, them down. and slows them down. Oh, okay. Good yeah. to know. I,
17: That's exactly right. That green is one of my favorites, and the Kong Genius is another one that that I really like. Uh, I want you to start on probiotics. Uh, What what I always try to do is save you money without shortchanging your pet, and using probiotics, 80-plus percent of the pet's immune system is in its gut. So ask your veterinarian for a recommendation of a probiotic, and and, and this is probably the, the biggest single thing is to start taking your pet to the veterinarian for visits not related to medical care. So, we want to get them used to, uh, you know, there's recent studies out. The worst thing that humans like in any medical setting is having the skin punctured, whether it's a vaccination, uh, a pain medication, injection of antibiotics. And it's the same thing for pets. And if they just go in there for things that are painful, <laughs> then they fear the trip to the veterinarian. Oh, yeah. So, What you do is you take them in there on a hungry stomach, stop by, get them a little treat, weigh them, put them up on the scale, give them a treat. Kind of recreate those things that are going to happen and make it a positive experience.
1: That means you'll have fear-free vet visits all the time when you go there. They may actually want to go to the vet. Yeah, they'll be
2: excited.
17: We've been doing this for six years now, and we can get dogs want to go to the vet. Cats are neutral, and this is amazing <laughs> from where we were year years ago. But and one last thing, I got to put in a plug for vaccinations. Okay. So uh, you know, I have a little dog who's sitting right here by me named Cutie Pie. That's a distemper survivor. It was the first case of distemper I'd seen in thirty years. Uh-huh. Distemper in dogs is like measles in humans. We're seeing an increase. It is deadly. And so when you vaccinate your dog, if you're vaccinating Ladybug or Cutie Pie, you're not only protecting your dog, you're protecting other dogs in your neighborhood, you're even protecting other dogs in your in your county and your zip code, what we call herd immunity. So I'm not suggesting we go back to the robotic days of vaccinating every pet like a blue oil filter every year. You know, we're way past that. Uh-huh. But- You know, some people recommend doing titers, and and it's a good idea if you can afford the expense. But for most of them, we're given vaccinations every three years unless it's a core vaccine. But make sure you give them because you don't want the heartbreak of losing a pet that you think is protected.
1: Especially when it's so preventable, you know? Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Marty Becker. Please get better and have yourself a happy, happy new year.
17: Thank you. Blessings.
1: We're going to head back to the phones for your calls.
19: Hello, animal lovers. It's Robert Semro from Animal Radio sharing this week's Animal Radio list New Year's resolutions that can make this year your pet's best year ever. Knowledge is key, so, more pet knowledge is the first resolution. Learn about an issue that will benefit or impact your pet and put that knowledge into action. Next, devote weekly time to each pet individually love them collectively but nurture that unique special bond that each pet has next find a new activity that you and your pet can participate in from sports to grooming to becoming a therapy animal there's something new out there that you and your pet will enjoy and bond over finally this year feed your pets healthier foods, and extend exercise sessions by five additional minutes each day so you can provide their bodies and minds with the proper nutrition and exercise to keep them healthy for many more New Year's resolutions to come.
18: Hey everybody, this is Billy Dean and you're listening to Animal Radio.
13: Thousands of authors across the country have written books and published them with Page Publishing. If you've written a book, they can help you through the process. Cut through the confusion of the publishing world to make it easy for you. If they decide to publish your book, your work ends, theirs begins. From copy editing and proofing to typesetting and book cover art. Plus, get your book printed, distributed and sold on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble and in bookstores across the country. They even help promote your book biography, self-help, mystery, novels, sci-fi, or even a children's book, no matter what genre. Page publishing can bring your book to life. And don't forget to ask about audiobooks. We do all of this for you. Call today for your free writer's guide packed with tips, tricks, and templates to help you finish what you started.
9: 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. 800-215-6815. That's 800-215-6815. You're listening to Animal
0: Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: And uh, let's take another one for Dr. Debbie. We have Honey. Honey. Welcome to the show, Honey. Thank you very much. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Nevada. Nevada. Well, this is Dr. Awesome. Debbie's hometown. What's going on?
12: <laughs> well, I was just concerned. I, I took a, a trip to Yuma, and I listen to your show all the time while I'm driving in the car, and I was wondering, I have a Yorkie. She's only five pounds, a little, little one, and she's 11 years old, and her stomach was awful hard, you know, kind of, so I took her to the vet, and they did x-rays of blood work and everything, and they found out that she has an enlarged heart and a liver. And now they're saying that I should take her to a cardiologist and get an ultrasound done. And Mm -hmm. I was just wondering, is that going to show anything else or is it something that I should just let go? I mean, and just keep her and not follow up on that. I just don't know what else it's going to show me other than for them to confirm that's what it is.
6: Can I ask you, did they say anything about her having a heart murmur?
12: One doctor said she had one, the other doctor said she didn't.
6: Okay, so not a consensus there. Because when we're talking about how a heart looks on an x-ray, part of interpreting that is also whether or not the pet has a heart murmur and whether or not we're having any kind of active signs of coughing, labored breathing, um, energy issues, things like that. So Mm -hmm. um, if we had a murmur, then an enlarged heart on an x-ray might get me more excited. And I would definitely say getting an ultrasound would be very important because there are some things that are valve-related in dogs that can go bad. And there are some muscle type diseases and then there's even tumors. So I think that's where the big benefit of at least looking at her heart, that's the benefit of having an ultrasound because we can't tell that off of an x-ray. You just can't see that. You can't (laughs) discern that. So, and that would tell us also, you know, what do we need to do now? And if she doesn't have any kind of impending heart problems, sometimes there are medicines we will prescribe if a pet looks like they're going to be developing some issues. So that would be something that might be a good um, information to be armed with so we can change some things at this point. And oh, okay. With her. Our- and definitely with having a big big liver as well, um, that can be from a heart that's not working really well, uh, some passive congestion basically is what we call that, um, or we could mm-hmm. be having some liver disease. So that too would be the argument with that ultrasound that, you know, let's look at that and see, do we have um, signs that there's a problem in the liver or is yeah, it just related to the heart? Yeah, I took to her in heart? today,
12: you know, because okay. I'm concerned and I took her in today and just to get her double checked and stuff like that and... She didn't show any signs of a heart murmur today. So, cool. um, And she's she's very, you know, she's a happy dog. You know, she misses me when I go out of the house, so I can't go anywhere without her. And, um, you know, she wags her tail. She eats good. She drinks good. And everything's fine. And she just sleeps a lot, you know. Uh-huh. But I was thinking that's because of her age now.
6: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think making that decision, do you take that next step? Do you do that ultrasound? And part of that really is um a little bit I I'd look at the veterinarian who's recommending it. Is it something they're recommending just to kind of look into it to make sure everything's okay? Or are they genuinely concerned that there's a problem that we need to get a hold of? They and wanted so, to confirm it okay because that's where for myself I may make a recommendation that I kind of call a soft recommendation sometimes and that may be hey if you want to be proactive you want to get ahead of things this would be a great idea mm-hmm. then there's situations where I say this is something I firm I firmly believe is going to be important for your pet and I think we need mm-hmm. to get this done and if it's that situation I wouldn't hesitate to get that done now because we can gain a lot of info um, but part of that right. is kind of having that communication with your veterinarian and saying hey you know uh, you know maybe are finances a concern or do you not want to, you know, go through the travel expense or, you know, what have you, um, just to have that conversation with your vet and make sure that is something that we need to take that step. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it, all right. And I can yeah. tell you, it, it's very easy. Most pets tolerate ultrasounds very well. My own dogs both had ultrasounds just <laughs> this month uh, with all their, their various health problems, so they're all shaved up everywhere. Um oh. But um, they definitely, you know, it's a very uh, low-stress yeah, type procedure. Yeah, I was just wondering
12: about it because, like, the, the people here, you know, in Vegas, you know, it's like $850 for an ultrasound.
6: Oh, that doesn't sound and- right. Well, it can be, though. You know, there's yeah. um, certainly for a consultation with a specialist, you know, you're easily paying about 150 bucks. Uh, ultrasounds for the heart. Now, we have to back up, Hal, before you okay. go crazy here. You know, we're, this is usually being done by a board-certified specialist. So, okay, mm-hmm. we got a specialist, so that's going to be costing more. And when we're looking at the heart, it's very important. We're using usually types of equipment that can actually measure the flow of blood out of the different chambers mm-hmm. of the heart, and that helps to diagnose mm-hmm. problems. So, you know, yes, that is a realistic price, and it sounds like a lot to swallow, <laughs> but um, uh, that isn't far well, off. Well,
12: I'm 71 years old, and on Social Security, sometimes it's hard, and I'm keeping mm. up their health, their medical insurance. I do have that, mm-hmm. so, you know, some will come out of that.
6: But Oh, absolutely, if yeah.
12: If it's something that's going to help, you know, my animals, I'll give up something to get it done. So, Yeah, i'll probably just go ahead and get it done then
1: that's just like us we'd do anything for it. we'll we'll starve first before
12: <laughs> no that's what i'm doing now and i, I rescued i rescued um a Bengal cat and i fell in love with these cats mm. and then i got another one um that was being retired Oh, that's and, trouble! Two Bengal
6: cats—I can tell you that already.
12: Wow, <laughs> they're high-energy kitties. I, I got my work cut out for maybe between a six dog and a six dog and my Bengal cat.
6: We'll give them all a pat on the head and uh, and tell those kitties to keep it on up. If it keeps you entertained, then if they have their, oh, it their place in your you home. Know, I think I think
12: more people, you know, at an elderly age, if they got involved, you know, if they got involved in animals, I mean, it's so much. It does so much for you it really does
1: and there's there's actual facts and science behind that too so grab yourself an animal especially if you're ill thanks so much for your call honey (laughs) there you go another jam-packed show have yourself a great week bye-bye bye Bye. happy new year
18: this is animal Animal. Animal radio
7: Network. network